When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Hi, folks. We're here for another episode of Film Study. Thanks for joining us. Joining me today is Marty Kelly. Marty, how you doing, buddy? Ken, great to see you. All right. We're going to talk about a 
interesting hypothetical that I think gets at people's uh, viewpoints about where the Ravens' weaknesses are for the 2020 season. Obviously, a very deep team, very high expectations for this team. And that's when fans start to worry about what can go wrong instead of what can go right about this kind of team. So I tossed this out on Twitter the other day. I gave the the uh, Ravens fans four players and asked them, which of these four players, former Ravens all, in a given season, so you get that season's worth of production from the player, would you most like to have? And we're going to go through those, and Marty and I are going to go back and forth on uh, you know, who they were that year, what they would bring to the Ravens, why it's important the Ravens of this year kind of get that player. So you'll get the idea of the, the format pretty quickly. The first player on my list of, as someone the Ravens could have would be Jermaine Lewis, 2000. So obviously a great return season, particularly as a punt returner. Uh, also made some contributions as a wide receiver. So I just remember being in Tampa in 2000, Ken, when Jermaine Lewis took the heart out of the Giants for the final time after they were able to breathe some life after returning a kickoff for a touchdown. So you have to consider him just on that basis in 2000. Yeah, so two two punt returns for touchdowns in the finale against the Jets, that unforgettable return against the uh, the Giants that uh, had the light bulbs flashing all over that stadium for sure. And uh, it, that was a great year. Still had a little bit left as a wide receiver at that point. In 97 and 98, he was, he was a hell of a receiver you know, in terms of getting a, a lot of big plays. But in 2000, he still caught 36 or 39 balls. I looked it up a, a couple days ago, but it, was, it wasn't – uh, the kind of total he had before, but he's still quite dangerous. Yeah, and I think when you think about today's team, it's what the Ravens need. I mean, you're happiest when there's a fair catch and Lamar can come out and do his business. I think outside of that, you get a little nervous when somebody tries to make a play. So you do have to consider Jermaine just on that basis. Yeah, 16.4 yards per punt return in 2000. So that's uh, it's one of the great seasons of all time. Uh, certainly when you think about it, uh, he uh, as a receiver, I'd love to see what Greg Roman could do with Jermaine Lewis. But the problem is there's a whole lot of that same ability going on with James Brochet, who then takes a backseat on the 2020 team or uh, Duvernay in terms of the raw speed out of the slot. So I have friends at Texas and TCU, Ken, and they both say that we may have another one of those guys in Duvernay and Brochet. So. We'll see. All right. How about you bring up a player? Who's the who was your third guy on the list? Because I think Jermaine is number four on mine. Jermaine's number four on mine as well. And I think surprisingly compared to the rest of Twitter, Jason Brown was number three for me. And I just think that this year's Ravens team is a little stronger on the interior offensive line than people think right now. And I just don't think Jason Brown would be as much of a need on this team. All right, and this is Jason Brown, 2007, was the one given. So uh, Jason Brown, in 2006, 2007, the starting left guard, uh, 2008, they moved, the Ravens moved him to center, and he took over there, did a, had a fine job at center in 2008. So we're not talking that guy you get, but still a very good, very mobile left guard in 2007. The Ravens sitting on a seven to make three situation, as I put it, on the interior offensive line right now. So you like that depth and what the Ravens may be able to do with it? I do. And specifically, you know, neither of us is a coach, Ken. And I think there's a Jim Mora piece to this. You don't know and you never will unless you're 
breaking down film 24-7, but having said that, pretty excited about what Ben Powers brings, what Bradley Bozeman might bring at center, and what DJ Fluker would bring at right guard with Brown on the right side. So I'm bullish on them. Uh, most of Twitter that night wasn't. Right. It's a, it's a little surprising, but uh, Jason Brown, I, I would say the votes on this went about 30% to Jason Brown, about 10% to, J, to uh, Jermaine Lewis. Amazingly, the next guy got no votes at all. Not one person picked this. And I see this as a pretty big Ravens weakness is back-end safety play. So I put on Dwan Landry 2006. That's Dwan Landry's rookie year. He was a hell of a player. Five interceptions. The thing I remember most about Dwan Landry that year is that the Ravens rushed off the edge a fair amount. And when I say off the edge, I don't mean off the edge at edge player. I mean off the edge at outside corner, which is very unusual. And the guy who made that possible was Landry because he would step in in man coverage on the outside. So if you want to really unleash your inner Martindale or Martindale's inner Martindale, then maybe he's the guy you take uh, that gives you that back end safety. You can, can play a lot of different spots on the back end and as a coverage guy that can even depend on him on the outside. Dewan Landry was number two on my list, too. I think when I think back to that team, Ken, Dewan Landry, Jared Johnson, those guys would have been the second or third best players on a lot of teams, and they were maybe number seven or number eight on that 2016, which I think is really 1A behind the 2000 team. That was a phenomenal defense that year. And really, when I think back over the totality of the Ravens' existence here, it's astounding to me that that team didn't win a Super Bowl because they were a terrific team and probably should have. So, And Dewan Landry was a piece. Didn't hurt to have Ed Reed next door. Best yeah. Ever. Now, did did uh, in terms of that January 2007 game against the Colts, that that was the worst loss ever in Ravens history for them. And even the Titans game, while very disappointing this last year, this team is together for a while. It's a very young nucleus to the team that they have in 2020. They're fully expected to do the same thing again. The 2007 Ravens, whether or not we thought it coming off the great defensive year, the, the notion that McNair was going to be around forever or that the offense was really at the level it needed to be uh, was was unrealistic. But that 2007 loss, boy, that stuck with me like nothing else. I couldn't be around people after that for a while. That's the worst loss in Ravens history by a couple touchdowns. So I was at that game. I'm sure you were, too. Mm-hmm. And when you think back on that team, Steve McNair, Jamal Lewis, Clayton and Mason, Heap. I mean, it was the best skill position talent they had had up until that point. And it was to think that they only put six points on the board that day is just, uh, yeah, I, I still have nightmares about it. But we're moving on. This team at 14 and two doesn't really need a safety, in my view. So I understand the point, and it does speak to what DeLon, DeLon Landry did. But I think Earl Thomas and Chuck Clark are good, and I think. Deshaun Elliott has a lot of potential, specifically for the role you're talking about situationally. But he's mm-hmm. got to get out of the training room. Yeah, so let's let's make that clear because I don't think we've we've really said that so far. Chuck Clark is uh, a strong safety, but he's also really the dime back in the in the dime the way they've done it. They really like him there, 
And they really want a back-end guy, and that's the way they used Carr last year. It might be Jimmy Smith this year. It could be Elliott. could even be Geno Stone, who I think would be perfectly uh, good on the back-end, where he's got good instincts and, and can certainly play half the field okay as a, as a deep safety. Uh, they have other options. Dwan Landry just gives them a very good option, kind of like Jason Brown gives them just a really good option where they have other options. Right. I think if you go seven to three with the offensive line or all the people you're talking about in the secondary generally and in the dime and at safety specifically, you've got a lot of depth and you've got a lot of guys either who can play or have shown promise, specifically with regard to Powers and Elliott, that they can play. And that gives me a little more confidence about those spots relative to number one who's lurking. Where where do you see? Let's talk about the offensive line for a second. Where do you see Powers ending up on this offensive line? Just a guess, Ken, but left guard. I mean, okay. I think that's where he performed best at Oklahoma. Fluker's a right guard. I think he's here for a reason. They have a lot of guys who can play center. A buddy of mine, Matt Levy, and I talked a lot last year about what about Bozeman? Might he be the best center we have on the roster? So I think training camp will bear that out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that they really are going to have the time together to gel as an offensive line with everybody switching positions. Now, of course, they got a bunch of new players, and if it's not Bozeman, they have had time in practice at least with Bozeman at left guard, McCary at, at center, or Skurr at center, and have Powers at right guard. He clearly has spent a lot of time there. He's the practice incumbent, as I call it. You know, obviously not getting not getting a lot of time behind Marshall Yonda last year, just a little bit of that Pittsburgh game. But you know, Powers is the one guy I think I could see him on either side uh, he has the right length to play right guard that they want, and that's true of Fluker as well. Fluker has some of the longest arms in NFL history in terms of combine anyway. He's fifth longest in NFL history, and that kind of uh, arm length and lockout ability, very valuable at right guard to control the pivot there and open the hole on the front side. And, of course, most of the Ravens' runs go right, so he would have the, uh, the advantage there. So Fluker and Brown would be over 700 pounds of – um, whoop ass yeah. on the right side. And I think that's attractive to me. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a YouTube video of Fluker pancaking Sue out there that's very attractive too. I just think from what I've read, Fluker is not very, was not a very popular signing and I'm just running in the other direction. I think he's a perfect fit, especially in between whoever is at center. I'm guessing Bozeman, but it could be any one of four guys, right? Mm-hmm. Four guys. So, but in between, let's say Bozeman and Brown, I think that's very attractive. So I don't see the interior offensive line as the weakness that a lot of the Twitterverse did that night. Could be wrong. And But to argue the other side again, what if those rookies actually flashes to such a degree, they beat one of these guys out? What if Phillips or Bredersen actually does that? And they, yeah, haven't, they haven't been in this situation. Great problem to have. Great problem to have. I mean, the Ravens have had deep lines. And if you look back at the 08 and 09 lines, Chris Chester was the odd man out. And he was a hell of a football player. He went on to play, you know, start for four years at Washington. He, he, got, he got a little bit bad-mouthed, I think, in this town. But, you know, Marshall Yonda was on the bench in 2008. It's unbelievable to me that that sure. was happening after, you know, he was a rookie in 07 and played reasonably well. Uh, you know, he got injured. It's true, but he didn't. He didn't get back on the field until I think the Pittsburgh game or later in the season, anyway. And, uh, and you know, they've, they've had very deep offensive lines before. It'd be lovely 
to see them have seven guys who could really play out of this group. Um, I, I don't think it's it's likely to work out that way. I think they have a lot of length issues, particularly among the guys at center. Um, Skura is really the only guy of, of kind of normal length for a center. The other guys are all short-armed, um, uh, with McCary really showing the most effects from it as a rookie. But there's things to like about all of them. I love Bredesen's intelligence. I love the the uh, uh, physicality of McCary. I mean, that was great to see in his rookie year. And I like what Bozeman brings. And Bozeman has a lot of experience playing that position, both at Alabama and I think he had the second most snaps of any player in the preseason in 2018 in his rookie year. And those were almost all at center. So, uh, you know, he's he's got the experience to play there again. Yeah, uh, he just gives me comfort level there from what I've seen, but got a long way to go with that. Powers is the big question mark, although not the question mark that he was before week 17. You know, I thought he showed quite a bit in that Steeler game. I thought Anthony Avert also showed a lot in that game. So those are two guys I'm looking for more from in 2020. Yeah, that's uh, we'd love to have that. Well, the number one guy on the list uh, and an overwhelming favorite to be taken this was Jarrett Johnson, 2008. And to go back on who Jarrett Johnson was in 2008, he's a guy who played almost 91% of the snaps on the edge that year. He definitely was an outstanding complement for run defense with Terrell Suggs on the other side. You have two of the best run defenders on the edge in the entire league, so you get that. I think you get a good amount of sniff out in terms of screen passes with Jarrett Johnson as well. He was the overwhelming choice to me with these four. I thought he was shortchanged in the Twitterverse that night for how good he was, how much he meant to this defense. I, I just, he would solve what's the biggest question for me in 2020 for the Ravens, which is who's opposite Judon? Because that's an open question right now. And so if it's Jalen Ferguson, then, then if he's the one that's arguing for 90% of the snaps, not that he's going to get them. What I'm saying is if he plays well enough to justify maybe considering that, then the Ravens don't have a problem. But to me, that's kind of the biggest question right now is, is he going to be that guy? And Jared Johnson, Ken, was that guy. And he was that guy for a long time. I think he was unheralded at the time. He was talked about as being unheralded, and he was still unheralded. Um, He was a beast. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of things well. The one thing he really didn't do well is he wasn't a great pass rusher. And I don't want to try and revise history and make him into one. He had five sacks in 2008. But frankly, if you play on the outside and play 90 percent of the snaps, you better have five sacks. In fact, you better have more. But he did. He did a lot of other things well um, that, that made him very valuable. Jared Johnson always, I, I thought, was a good complementary pass rusher, whether that meant uh, stunting and and being that guy, particularly as the underneath guy where, where he's creating an opportunity for somebody else a lot of the time. Uh, I thought there were a lot of things to like about him, but if he were on the 2020 Ravens, Martindale would use him very differently. He'd be a specialist player, and he would eat up a ton of snaps. That Right now, I think the Ravens are really scratching their head trying to figure out who should be on the field on the early downs against the run. This, this takes away that question on one side of the field at least, and you end up with much better rested players. Bowser can play that third down role, that very highly specialized role that he's extremely good at in terms of dropping to coverage, giving the Ravens more pass rush flexibility. Ferguson is going to be a little more rested in terms of his snaps. McPhee, my God, I'm just so worried this year that they're going to run McPhee 
you know, out of the lineup again with an injury somehow because he's playing too many snaps. Which would be uh, what happened last year. So I think I think you're looking for Ferguson to, to take the step. And when I look to, to the totality of these four guys, that's my biggest question, not the interior offensive line. I hope it, I hope he does it because if he does, that solves a huge problem for the Ravens. But if I had to solve a problem from a solid player from yesteryear, it would be Jared Johnson. Just plug him in, and and I think he, I think he's better in pass coverage. I'm not saying he was great. I can only remember him once trailing a play where he got beat. I don't know if it was man or zone, but obviously he wasn't the fastest guy. But let's go back to where he was as a rookie. I mean, he was a defensive lineman, That's right. and he made himself into an edge player, losing 25 pounds. He was still rock at 260. Sure, he wasn't a Pro Bowl player, Ken, but he's better than anybody on the other side of the Ravens now up until this point. All of those guys, including Bowser, can get better. But right now, Jerry Johnson's got him. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about you. Marty, where can people follow you on Twitter? So it's pretty easy. Marty K1, lowercase. I don't know if that's necessary or not, but for some reason I am lowercase. Marty K1. All right. So, yeah, that, I don't think the lowercase is necessary, but I always like to, to people who are on the show are usually great for a follow in terms of getting good conversation going. Include them, tag them occasionally, and just try and make sure you get them in the conversation. And, Marty, uh, we really appreciate having you on today. I, I did want to talk about uh, one other thing we're doing on Film Study. We have a, we have a promo. We have a, a, a podcast, I should say, out there for Ed Sutter. Ed Sutter was a guy who played for the Ravens in 1996. I know you were around for that season. Uh, Marty, I, we can tell by a lot of things, but we also just talked about it in front of the show. Um, and uh, Ed uh, played for that initial Ravens team. He has some interesting comments about being in a linebacker room with Ray Lewis. Uh, and he, and he's, he's a guy who lost his, quote unquote, his linebacker, inside linebacker spot to Ray Lewis. And he also subsequently lost or actually previously lost in Pierre, Illinois, his shortstop role in a little league to Jim Tomei. So he's had some problems playing behind awfully good players. But Ed Sutter had a huge moment in 1996 where he had over two games, was in for four snaps where he had four consecutive goal line stuffs at the one yard line. So very cool, that story and and a lot about that early Ravens history that largely never gets talked about these days. Have we just forgotten that, that, that we had football in Baltimore from 96 to 99. Every information box I see in anything has, since 2000, the Ravens have blah, 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 and they rank them, you know, kind of thing. How could you forget those uniforms, Ken? Somebody's got to Google <laughs> 1996 Baltimore Ravens uniforms. They were special. They they were, and when you when you talked about the best set of skill position players in 2006, I'm thinking, what about the '96 Ravens? Because <laughs> they they didn't have the great running back, but they certainly did have a uh, you know three wide receivers that were as good as the Ravens have ever had together. Yes, yeah, you know I should have qualified that Ken in the Billick era. You know okay. when you go back to 2000, obviously he didn't have what he needed. He had the sense to adjust so he could win a Super Bowl. But by the time 2006 cycled around. He had better skill position talent, and I just – that team should have won a Super Bowl. They didn't. Uh, it, it, I think you and I both lost some sleep that night after having been at that game, but um, it, it is the biggest Ravens loss. We shouldn't be talking about this. There's so many big wins, 14 yeah. of them last year, but that was, that was a tough day. Yeah, 
Hey, th- those two losses just both uh, eat at my gut. Anyway, Marty, thanks for being on. Uh, we appreciate that, folks out there. If you'd like, if you have a topic you're passionate about, something you're you're interested in, I may pick you off Twitter. That's what I did with Marty, and just we've had a good conversation going. And I and I want to do a film study short if you can. But if you have an idea for one, if you've done a study, if you have other things you just want to talk about, be happy to have you on. Just uh, give me a give me a message on Twitter, and we'll we'll work it out. Marty, thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first 2-in-1 removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.